Welcome to the Monetary Mixtape with Will Hoffman, founder of Hoffman Wealth Management. In this podcast, we help fellow Gen Xers simplify complex wealth issues that are important to Gen X. We do this by cutting out the mundane material and using a refreshing approach to finances in a way this skipped generation appreciates. Join us for this ride where we explore financial planning and wealth management as Will Hoffman draws from almost 20 years of experience and brings to you qualified guests to help be your latchkey to tricky monetary affairs. Welcome to Monetary Mixtape with your host, Will Hoffman, where we talk about the ever-forgotten Generation X. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hi, Will. How are you? I'm great, Wendy. How are you today? Oh, today. I'm today. doing it's well. afternoon, I guess. It's, so what's I'm, happening? I'm good. So I did something last night. Okay. And actually, there's two things I want to talk about before we get into this topic. One, uh, kind of both of them lead into the discussion, but I did something last night. I watched a movie. Was that unusual? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it is the fact that I had the time to watch a movie, um, and didn't fall asleep was actually kind of remarkable, but yeah, I watched a movie. I watched St. Elmo's fire last night. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's one of my favorites. I just yes. saw it recently, like two weeks ago. Watched well, it last night, relived again, great soundtrack. The, the, the headline song is on my marathon playlist. Oh Yeah. Um, Always enjoy that. But yeah, watch watch St. Elmo's Fire, which gives us some great insight um, leading into the topic today, which is mistakes to avoid for Gen X. <laughs> <laughs> Watching Jules just spend and spend and spend and spend. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and so, I always think of Rob Lowe, of course, because he was hot. Right. Well, he made a lot of mistakes, too. I'll leave that up to you. Yeah. I, so if you had to identify with a character from... Uh, from Santa was fire. Who do you think it would be? Oh, I would be Wendy. Wendy. Yeah. The, um, well, you know, the, she was the, yeah. The, she was um, always so empathetic. One. Yeah. And, um, and, and empathetic and wanted to save the world. Right. Right. And, and, you know, she was just, you know, kind of crazy for this guy that had really no interest in her. And that's, that was my life up until, you know, a year <laughs> or so ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I always, I would be Alec, Alec Newberry. I think we no were doubt. all, but I, I think we all had, you know, parts of each character that we, we probably experienced or could identify with at some point in time, uh, in growing up. Uh huh. Right. You know, yeah. Emilio Estevez's character there and, and wanting to be a lawyer, but working as a waiter while he was doing that and trying to impress the girl of his dreams. And yeah, that was a little crazy. He was a little, he went a little nuts with that one. Yeah. Yeah. We but, we both had the Billy Hicks and the Jules, uh, uh, you know, times of our lives. I'm sure. Yeah, um, I have to tell you really quickly that when we just happened upon it and we were going through the guide on screen, and I went as soon as I saw it, I went, "Oh!" And he goes, "No." My husband says, "No," and I'm like, what? "And he scrolls past, and I'm like, oh. and then he goes, but he goes, "All right, which one were you talking about? Saint Elmo's <laughs> Fire or the Love Boat?" <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't know which one I want to watch now. Yeah, now now you have a choice to make. So Saint Elmo's Fire is ones I it's one I always have to stop on when it yeah. when it's on the Brat Pack. You know, yeah, um, and and you know something else that again I don't know if it it is a great lead in to, but you know how there's and the the series of commercials where we're starting to act like our parents. 
yeah. and, and try to prevent, stop it's happening. So are you cleaning your trash cans? Well, I'm not <laughs> cleaning my trash cans, but I am living in this, um, you know how when you watch Disney movies and the princesses are walking around and the deer always come up to them and eat right out of their hands and the birds are on their shoulder. I have the opposite going on right now. The so at my home, you? It, well, no, my home office, the, the, the birds are trying to get into my front, you know, my office at home. Okay. And I shouldn't say it's, it's my former dining room now that I use as my office. Um, we've had to put bird decals on the windows we have the big plastic owl to scare this bird away it didn't work we had a plastic falcon to scare this bird away it didn't work you know we had things taped to the windows to try to blow it. this bird just went to my house and same bird same bird lands on the, the, the ledge and floats flies up the uh window and keeps pecking it so if i'm on a zoom meeting and oh this bird is like right in my face because I look out this window and and peck, tra pecking trying to get into <laughs> um, the office, and if we park our cars outside, he's trying to get into the car or trying to, and I don't know if he's kind of confused by his reflection or what. But and then, so we, I think we finally have the bird thing figured out. I go to the back of the house where my wife worked hard to plant all these flowers, so the house and the porch and the patio all look nice the deer are eating them all yeah so like i have the whatever the antithesis of a disney movie is i have going on because the animals are just attacking me and attacking my flowers and trying to get in Aww. my house so yeah whatever i need like some cinderella vibes or something to um you know get the birds and the animals on my side instead of undoing what i'm doing but i i just feel like my father right now trying to chase these birds and these animals away because I work so hard to plant flowers and clean my windows and, and now they're attacking me. So yeah, I'm, I'm you have to yell, get off my lawn. That's exactly what I'm, I'm yelling at the, the <laughs> I'm opening my window. I'm going outside to chase this bird away in get the middle of, here. we had a, a, a long session with the, the folks that are helping me with some marketing and every three minutes I'm watching this bird trying to get in and like, well, what in the world's going on? I was just, it's better that we don't talk about it it's because it's it's so annoying. But okay, all right. I'm sorry. We're gonna put you into Zen mode, <laughs> and now we will talk about mistakes for Gen X to avoid. And you yes. are an expert on this because you had 20 years of experience of seeing these mistakes made. Right, and and you know this isn't a publication. This isn't from a a white paper or a news source or or there's nothing really scientific about this other than my 20 years of experience from the mind and, of will that, that's it which is a dangerous place to be for anybody to be coming from but trying to to see you know thinking about folks that have come in before we've helped them thinking about you know some of the the calls that we field um seeing about some of the things we try to stop or we try to help our clients through um are really where we see mistakes to avoid. Okay. Um, I, we have eight of them. It, it may be, end up being more once we, we start, um, you know, going through the bullet points, but, um, you know, just some mistakes and, and maybe some quick action items on how to avoid these, or if you've made these, how to start solving them. All right. Let's hear it. So 
the first one we're going to start with is not having goals, not having, you know, your goals aligned with your money, not necessarily not having a plan, especially for Gen X, because we are, we're into the accumulation phase. We're trying to grow our assets, um, but not knowing what we're growing towards, um, whether it is a retirement date or a retirement income number or a purchase, a boat, uh, you know, a second home, a, a new car, um, college education for our kids, mm-hmm. not having these, these goals. And there's, you know, they, the industry and, and not just the industry, but it seems like the, um, the self-help industry will call them smart goals, meaning that they're specific and measurable, achievable, relevant, and they have a timeline, you know, but just not, just just investing in our employer sponsor plan just owning our our company stock it seems as though we make better financial decisions when we have a goal the money becomes relatable it becomes a bit more um focused we we can make better investment decisions we can you know understand our risk profiles a little bit better when we have those goals so what you're saying is if i decide I want to buy a boat next summer that every time I go to uh, spend money, I'm probably going to be, okay, remember the boat, right? Not just, you know, spend money to spend money. I want to buy that boat. Right. We, I have this goal and and that, that actually brings us to another mistake is money being pulled away from our goals. And listen, after 20 years, things happen. We, we, we've, you know, helped our clients through emergencies. We've helped our clients through opportunities. Things pop up that are unplanned all of the time. The money has to be pulled away from our goals. There's an emergency. What am I going to do? Well, the boat is now on a back burner because of this emergency. And, and we need to, we need, we need to fund that or an opportunity. I hate looking at it so negatively. The opportunity has come up for, a trip that we've always wanted to take. Okay. The boat maybe is two or five years out now because the trip of a lifetime is here. And guess what? We're going to Greece because we've always wanted to go to Greece. We're going. Okay. But when you can help it, whether you are in a department store or cruising the aisles of something, or I should cruising the aisles. I'm dating myself there. Scrolling online <laughs> as you're shopping. <laughs> And and you you forget the goals, and allow that purchase to occur. That that's another mistake. That you know, however it whatever it takes for you to remember those goals, writing them down and putting them on your computer or on your phone so that you know, hey, listen, before I click purchase, let's remember the boat that we've wanted mm. or the trip that we want to take or, or something like that. Okay. Um. So having goals and money being pulled away from the goes all of which compounding that into having a a financial plan helps because you remember you have you know your 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 partner or your your advisor is also looking at these goals and saying hey don't forget this is what we're saving for is that still the goal is that still the plan another thing that and, and you know we talked to Alice Heath a few episodes ago when it comes to financial behaviors but how we make investment decisions 
again, having those goals are important. Having, you know, keeping our eye on the ball um, is, is vital. But how we make investment decisions, it, you know, it never fails, especially when folks find out what my profession and my business is. The phone comes out, their portfolio comes out and says, you know, sh what should I do about this? Well, <laughs> why did you buy that? Well, this guy, you know, it, it, this guy came in and sat next to me at the bar and said, you know, this pharmaceutical stock is going, or I bought this because this is what was happening at the moment. Okay. And that's probably the, the, the signature mistake that we've seen make is the market is behaving a certain way currently. I'm going to make this investment decision that affects the next seven to 10 years of my life because the market is behaving like this over this two, three, six week cycle I th is a mistake. Keeping your goals in mind is what's important when making investment decisions. The market is always going to be giving us reasons not to or to invest. Um, keeping our eye on why we're investing and why we're picking these investments, this holding, this allocation is, becomes important. What what is what is the goal? Why are we buying this this investment? Should be vital, and and then moving away from this investment sometimes is always more difficult than buying it because we can anchor to it. Oh, it's going to come back. I don't I don't want to admit I made a bad decision six weeks, eight weeks, two years ago. I'm going to hold this and wait for it to come back. Um, we see it every day. Really? Um, see it all the time. You know, and, and where we see it the most um, is with company stock, Co the companies we work for. It used to be priced here, and now it's priced there. I'm not going to sell it because I'm going to wait for it to get back there. And we wait and wait and wait, and it never gets back there while the rest of the market is moving upwards or appreciating. And it's, again, going back to that episode with Alice Heath is invaluable hearing the folks that from behavior, because we, we do, we get anchored to something for whatever reason, and we buy things for the wrong reasons. And we, and it happens all the time, you know, going to a seminar and hearing somebody's sales pitch when the market is doing something again, it, it can have you buying an investment for the wrong reasons at a certain time that you ultimately regret. So again, investing for your goals and for um, what the ultimate plan is, is, is what's most important, how it fits into your goals, your risk profile. Um, you know, how is this going to help you accomplish what you want should be paramount, not the market is doing this right now today. I'm going to buy something for the next seven to 10 years. Yeah. Uh, something else that we see as a mistake is no tax planning strategy. And, and that's, you know, every April 15th, we know it's coming. We, we know that we have to file our returns. And what's, what's happening from January 1st, April 15th is just a rear view mirror approach to what happened last year. Mm-hmm. More times than not, other than making, um, you know, there's there's some things that can be done before April 15th. But for the most part, 
what's happened has happened and you know, you're going to pay the piper. You're going to pay the IRS. Um, you can't solve that. All you can do is plan for the next year. And then we don't complain about how much we just spent. Because we complain. need a break. Right. Yeah. And then it never comes back around again. Correct. So not having a tax planning strategy before the end of the year. In addition to that, yes, we have to pay taxes. Yes, that's that is um calculated on an annual basis based on the calendar that we've that we're we're forced to clutch. But that tax strategy goes well beyond 2023. We have a lifetime tax implication. We're going to pay taxes over the course of our lifetime. There's decisions that can be made every year that impact the taxes that we may have to pay in 2024, in 2028, in 2042, that we can plan for. And it's important that your advisor and your accountant are working with you on these plans to make sure that the mission is not to just pay what I owe in 2024 for this year, but to control what I have to pay looking forward. Hey, sorry for the interruption. I know you're listening to the Monetary Mixtape because you want to learn about financial planning and wealth management. If you have any questions at the end, please head over to www.hoffmanwealth.com or look in the show notes to schedule a call with us. And it's it should be a conversation. It it quite frankly we're obligated to have these conversations because it impacts. It takes it takes from your bank account, it takes from your investments, it takes from your family's legacy and it gets sent to the IRS. Yes, some good may happen with our taxes. Yes, some bad may happen with our taxes, but I, th I think we would all agree that we are a better spender of our money <laughs> than anybody else. Well, yeah, that's so, the best choice. And, and I would rather those that money go towards my family's goals than, than anything else. So having a, a tax planning strategy beyond the year that we're in or the year that j has just passed has become important. Um and understanding that when you're making your plan, when you're you know making investment decisions is is important. Okay. The next two kind of go hand in hand. The first one is not saving enough outside of retirement accounts. Wait a minute. What? I thought all I had to do was fund my retirement account. <laughs> it's helpful and it, it's it's vital, especially we've talked about this. Gen X is really going to be the first generation. That has to fully fund their retirement. Most of us, if not all of us, are not going to have pensions. Right. But we still need to be saving outside of our retirement accounts for a couple of reasons. One, we had talked about the emergency or the opportunity. We're going to go into a second why we don't want to tap those retirement accounts um, at, at all before it's time and in ways to, to avoid that or, or ways you can do that. But we all, and it never fails, someone will come in and they're 45. I don't pick on myself because I'm 40, almost 45. And you first thing you talk to them about is when would you like to retire? 50. Great. That's, a, that's an ambitious goal. Um, let's talk about how we're going to get there. What have you done so far? 
where I've really beefed up my 401k. That's where I'm saving all of my money. So I, well, you know, that's not available until you're 59 and a half, 55. If, if we can do some, some things with um, distributions, but if you ever wanted to tell your boss to take this job and shove it, you need to have money outside of your retirement plans. If you ever wanted to retire early before 55 or 59 and a half, you should have money saved outside of your retirement plans. Yes, the tax treatment is different. The tax deferral is is a nice, nice benefit of a 401k or an IRA or a Roth IRA. But uh, having investments that are growing outside of your retirement plan um is, is just as important as funding those plans and fully funding those plans, getting your company match at age 50, making sure you're you're exploring um, the stepped up contributions you're allowed to get because you're over the age of 50. All of those things are important, but it's just as important to not just save, but also invest outside of your retirement accounts for either retirement, early retirement, investment goals that can be helping you buy the boat or pay for a new car or take the trip you've always wanted to take Okay. because the next mistake that we see, and we see this so often, and sometimes it's, it's necessary. Like I said before, emergencies happen. A lot of times we can't see them coming, but tapping our retirement counts without very, very careful consideration viewing that as I'm just going to take it. It's there. I have, you know, and if, if you're younger than Gen X and listening, it goes fast. I think most of us in Gen X would agree. All of a sudden I'm 45 and complaining about a bird and my flowers getting eaten. <laughs> and I don't know where that time went, but it goes fast. It does. And tapping those retirement accounts without very, very careful consideration um, is important. And there's ways to do it that, one, listen, there's penalties. You're taking it before 59 and a half, you're paying a 10% premature distribution penalty plus your taxes. So you're taxed and you're penalized. That's by the federal, uh, by the IRS. If you live in a state that doesn't force you to pay taxes after 59 and a half, you may have paid state income taxes prior to that as well on that distribution. So it's taxed and it's taxed heavily. But in addition to that, and this isn't me, this is Einstein who said it himself, the most powerful force in the world is compounding interest. You are taking the compounding away from your money when you take it out of that retirement account and spend 30% of it or 40% of it on taxes and then the rest of it on whatever it is you need to spend it on. So the conversation I always have with folks is when they say, I need $25,000 and I am 40. Well, you don't need 25 because remember 30% of this is going to taxes. So you need 30. Yeah. And maybe even more than that, depending on the state that you live in or your tax bracket, but you need 30 and you're 40 years old. So you need to take $30,000 to get 25. There's something in our profession called the rule of 72. And what the rule of 72 states is 
if you are earning 7.2% per year in interest, your money will double every 10 years. And on the converse, if you're earning 10% in interest, your money will double every 7.2 years. So the rule of 72 tells us when we should expect our money to double. So if your money is doubling every, let's just call it seven to 10 years, and you're 40, you have 25 years until you're age 65, 27 years until the uh, Social Security tells us we can have some money for now. I would anticipate that number changing. So we have 25 to 27 years until we retire. That is your money doubling three to four times. If it were to double three times, 30 becomes 60, 60 becomes nine or becomes 120, 120 becomes 240. If it were to double four times, 240 becomes $480,000. I want so that's, that. That's. Well, you, to get it, you can't take the $30,000 distribution when you're But 40. I want that too. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's the, the catch with taking that money yep. at 40, thinking I have plenty of time. Well, you've just taken time away from that $30,000, and that's not a $25,000 distribution to pay for something. Hmm. That's now a two hundred and forty dollars to $480,000 that's been tax deferred over all that time. So now again, emergencies happen. Sometimes you have no choice. You've got to take that money, but taking it can be very, very expensive, not just in taxes and penalties, but what you're taking from your future self 25 years down the road. Mm -hmm. Other things, you know, you can take loans from your retirement plan. Some, a lot of 401ks allow loans. You are paying yourself back, which means a lower paycheck. The 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 uh, poison we see there is um, if you're taking a loan from your 401k and then you lose your job, mm, you have to get that, that loan either needs to be repaid or it's going to be considered a distribution. Okay. And when it's distribution, the taxes are due. So there are there are consequences it's it's not a a risk free decision to borrow from your 401k your employer can change their mind about you at any time in most states and if that were to happen due to outside economic activity company health and and you were to lose your job now that loan has to be paid back fortunately there's there's governors on the, how much we can borrow so that we're not um, overexposed in that, that process, but making sure that you are taking very, very careful consideration before taking a withdrawal from your 401k or a loan is very, very important. Now this, because of how important it is, I did look up some statistics on borrowing and distributions from your 401ks. In 2020, there were 28% of workers in the U S that had taken a loan from their retirement account. Um, 32% took a loan or a withdrawal. They said they regretted doing so. So a third of the folks that took that distribution had regrets. And that's the 32% that were honest. Almost 40%, 39% of workers said in the U.S. said they had taken a hardship withdrawal from their retirement account. 
So it's almost 40, 39% of workers in the USA, they take a hardship withdrawal. So if they were saving and investing outside of their 401ks or outside of their retirement accounts, they wouldn't have had to disrupt those accounts. So there's a lot of statistics that, that are evidence to some of these mistakes that we've, we've seen folks make that we're trying to help people avoid and having the plan is the ultimate way to try to avoid these building that emergency fund because any advisor worth his salt the first thing they're making sure of is that you have a healthy and sufficient emergency fund before they're telling you to invest a nickel to buy a product to use life insurance anything the first thing every advisor should be discussing with you is do you have a sufficient emergency fund is that the typical <clears throat> three to six months of living expenses? Three to six months worth of living expenses. Um, and, and that's the minimum. Okay. Because, again, emergencies are going to come up. That emergency isn't just going to be, I lost my job. That emergency could be, I lost my job and the water heater broke. I lost my job and my car died. I lost my job and something. So three to six months is the minimum that you should have. And again, we call it an emergency fund. That's also where you go for, for opportunities. Okay. A trip comes up that you have to take a, the business opportunity of a lifetime comes across and you want to be able to take advantage of it. Let's not make that business opportunity more expensive by needing to go into your retirement plan to, to, to take advantage. Gotcha. Um, the, uh, the next thing that we see folks making uh, mistakes we see folks making is not updating their documents or their beneficiaries. Beneficiaries is the big one. If you uh, get a divorce, if your spouse predeceases you, if something is happening with your children and you don't know that they should be inheriting the money that you have them designated as a beneficiary on, making sure those are updated is very important. Okay. Um, it's something you should consider if you're hearing this and it's making you nervous. Good. Go check your beneficiaries, check them on your 401k. You do have a pension, check it on your pension, check it with your financial advisor, check it on the accounts that you have, anything that you could have named the benefit, your life insurance, anything that you could have, or may have named the beneficiary on. If you're hearing this and you're not certain, go check it right now. Confirm that it's okay. Keep a copy of the document that you've named the beneficiary on. Take it, put an envelope, put it in your safe. Your beneficiaries will thank you. You will sleep better at night knowing that your beneficiaries are designated the way you want them to. And if something happens, put it in your Rolodex. Rolodex. Talk about dating myself again. Holy <laughs> cow. And I'm only 45. I don't know that I've ever had a Rolodex. I was going to say, you're making me feel ancient. <laughs> I Like, I had a Palm Pilot. And caught like, so I never had a roll of desk. Did you roll have a desk. pager too? I did not have a pager, but I had a Palm Pilot. Never, and I'm you put it somewhere that when it, something important happens, to call these folks, call these institutions, and change your beneficiaries. The other thing is your documents. Um, our health changes, our situation changes. Make sure your wills are updated. If you don't have a will, and you're in Gen X, and you're listening to this, call somebody. Call an attorney, call, check out online resources, get a will right now. If you're listening to this and you're in Gen X, go get a will. 
Okay. Not that expensive. It will save your beneficiaries time and effort when it comes to probate. It'll save everybody a lot of hassle. Go get yourself a will right now. Not me. Feel free to reach out if you do want to get yourself a will. I'll be more than happy to help you with your plan. But call an attorney. I can't write a will for you. Make Aww. sure that, no, make sure I clarify that. But I'm not will. an attorney. We don't offer legal advice. We that was a little play on words will. that may not have gone so well. But <laughs> make sure that you have an updated will or document, particularly if you're in Gen X and you're listening to this right now. Make sure your other documents are, are in place. I just had a little bit of a, of a health episode going through some pneumonia. Thankfully, it was just pneumonia. One of my blood levels were elevated and they were scaring me about blood clots. It wasn't, I'm fine. I'm healthy. Feel great. Started marathon Good. training today for the New York city marathon, but making sure your power of attorney documents are, are updated, making sure that your living wills are updated, making sure that any medical directions that you want someone to have are updated. Very, very important. Other documents to think about are documents for your kids, particularly if they're in college, in college, out of state, making sure that they have listed, and there's some nightmare scenarios that we've heard stories on, making sure your kids have you listed as a power of attorney if something were to happen to them, mm. and they are 18 years or older. Making sure that you can make medical decisions with them after they're an adult, but still under your care, I guess, and I feel confident in saying this, being a father of three, they're always under our care, but making sure that you can make those those decisions for them if necessary. Updating those documents is important. I can't say it enough. Update your documents. That probably should be the, should have been the number one mistake. But updating those documents is important. Hopefully, this my my terseness has um, disturbed you to make those phone calls. And if you are confused as to who to call or where to call, call us. We can we can make sure that we're pointing you in the right direction. That we're how do, we can give you the instructions on how to check your beneficiaries. Reach out in some way, shape, or form. I can't stress enough how important that is. Okay. Now, and the last mistake is not getting our debt under control. Um, every generate, you know, Gen X has more debt than our parents. Uh, I'm sure the next generation is going to have more debt than us. Um, most of that is tied to inflation, the cost of homes, interest rates right now, um, student loans getting those paid off in, in the process there. Making sure we have our debt under control is important as well. Making sure we are living within our means. I know we want to keep up with the Joneses. I know we all want to live like Jules on St. Elmo's fire. Yes. And you know, what was she two months advanced on her pay or something? She couldn't, she wasn't getting a paycheck for two months because she was two months advanced. Yeah. And listen, things happen. Debt can be a useful instrument in an emergency. Debt can be a useful instrument, especially in a, the right interest rate environment, to help grow. Debt is a useful instrument to acquire homes, useful instrument to educate ourselves and our kids. But making sure our debt stays under control is important. It is the number one mistake that I see folks make that are trying to build a financial future is not getting their debt under control or acknowledging their debt. It's the number one thing that I see folks that are 
building towards prosperity have had under control or don't have in their way. So getting that under control, there is a lot of resources. There's a lot of great podcasts. There's a lot of tremendous financial coaches and debt consolidation experts that can help you do this. But making sure your debt is under control is important. Making sure you're living within your means. I can't stress that enough. And and I remember walking the halls um, of college and having folks at a table trying to get us to sign up for a credit card for a free t-shirt or a stress ball or a water <laughs> or bottle. Candy bar. Or candy bar. And we couldn't wait to get it. <laughs> and we opened the credit card. We ran it up because we were didn't know any better. Yep. Um, hopefully these mistakes, um, hopefully talking about these can help somebody, anybody, all of you avoid these. Um, we know financial literacy is not something that, that schools are spending a ton of time on. And these mistakes, you don't know what you don't know. So sometimes these mistakes can be avoidable. Sometimes you're doing the best you can when you can. Um, and, and you found yourself in these situations, make sure you're, you're checking out the resources to help again, our podcast, there's previous episodes that are tremendous resources. Um, there's a lot of podcasts, YouTube, there's a lot of things out there that can be great resources for you. Do your homework, make sure you're using a trustworthy resource before you uh, commit to their process or, or their product. But and again, if you need help with these things, if you have a minor quick question, please reach out. Go to our website, hoffmanwealth.com. You can find a quick way to schedule a call with us. 15-minute call. Oh, gosh. Now I sound like an insurance commercial. 15-minute <laughs> call could save you. Uh, <laughs> A lot of money. A lot of things. <laughs> a lot of ways to do this. I hope my dad doesn't listen to this. My dad is an insurance agent. Oh, I'm going to uh, tell him. <laughs> but it, it it could save you a lot. It could save your your beneficiaries a lot. Your it could save your family's legacy. Making sure that you are um, you're avoiding these mistakes. We're gonna each one of these could probably be an episode in itself. I, I would you agree, Wendy? Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. We could talk about these. We're going to I know we're going to have more resources on our show coming up on how to deal with some of these things. We've talked about tax planning in the past with Josh Jones. We're we're going to talk some more ab about tax planning. Um but but write these down. Try try your best to avoid these. If you need help, reach out through our website Hoffman Wealth. Chat me up on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn. You can just find me under Will Hoffman I A I F um on LinkedIn. But please, please, please don't let these things go without taking care of them. You will be in a much better position once these mistakes are cleaned up. Uh, and listen, if you made them, you made them. It happens. You don't know what you don't know. Let, let's get them fixed. Let's get them solved. Let's get Gen X on a uh, on a path to uh, you know financial well-being and, and understanding this. All right. Sounds good. And don't be Jules on San Almas Fire. But be as hot as Rob Lowe, which was silly, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and, you know, I watched the other night, The it was probably a few years ago, the roast of Rob Lowe. He's got like aligator blood or something. He doesn't age. Oh, he looks incredible. He doesn't age. He's looks got, him, there's, you know, of and, you know, I had my 25th high school reunion last fall. I thought the folks I went to high school with looked pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. But 
Nobody's got like Rob Lowe. Well, Christy Brinkley and Jennifer Anderson may be right up there with with not aging, but the guy doesn't age. No, he looks great. And it's just yeah. not fair. It's just not fair. It's not. You're right. He was beautiful to begin with. I mean, come <laughs> on. Right. All his hair's shorter, and that's about the only difference between the roast of Rob Lowe. Yeah. And St. Elmo's Fire. It's shorter, but it's still just as fluffy. Yeah, I take it right now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Will, thank you for pointing out the mistakes. We do appreciate it. Thank you, Wendy, for for your help on this and and for your, uh, probably don't say it enough, but thank you for for keeping us on the straight and narrow when it comes to the podcast. There's a lot we want to talk about and got to stay focused and, and deliver our message. So thank you. Well. That was unexpected, but thank (laughs) you. And thank you for joining us today on Monetary Mixtape. Please like, follow, and share with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. Don't bounce just yet. The streetlights haven't come on. Thank you for listening to the Monetary Mixtape Podcast. If you thought this episode was dope, then click the follow button to be notified when we drop a new episode. Visit our website at hoffmanwealth.com or give us a call at 724-522-5411. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hoffman Wealth Management. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Private Advisor Group, a registered investment advisor. Private Advisor Group and Hoffman Wealth Management are separate entities from LPL Financial. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly.